herzlich willkommen. Hello there and a hearty welcome to City Breaks Munich. An extra episode in the series, in fact our second extra episode. So, just to explain for anyone who's new, City Breaks offers all the history and culture about cities you might like to visit, which you'd look up for yourself if only you had the time. The second series I did was on Munich, 14 episodes long, visits to many of the places you'll want to see both in the centre of Munich and out and about a little bit, to the Starnbergersee and to some of Ludwig II's dream castles. All of those episodes are already there on the website, should you wish to go and find them. But just because there are 14 episodes already, doesn't mean there isn't lots more to say. And in the Munich Extra series, there are really two aims. Plugging some gaps, giving you bits and pieces that didn't fit into the main series. And secondly, possibly more importantly, bringing some new voices. I have some carefully chosen guests from Munich who can bring their perspective, some updates, some things I hadn't thought of, some extra bits and pieces. If you heard last week's episode, then you will in fact already have met this week's guest, because he had so much to tell me that I felt it was worth two episodes. Jake Sleesh, tour guide extraordinaire, Munich lover, Munich resident in fact, and founder of the tour company Heart of Munich. Findable, by the way, on the website www.heartofmunich.com. I'll put that in the show notes. And today, Jake, or actually it says on his website, everyone calls him Jax, so let's go with that. Jax is going to talk about the two history tours that he runs, one entitled Munich in the Third Reich, and the other about the Dachau concentration camp and memorial site. Two much more serious topics than those that we covered last week. But just before we get to that, in case there are people listening who weren't with us last week, a quick round-up of all the other tours which Jake does. There's his city tour. Of course, you need to check the website for current details, but basically that runs practically every morning. And he introduces it like this. Join me on a fun, informative free walking tour to learn about the origins of the old city. Fun legends, crazy kings, Third Reich history, Bavarian culture, beer and much more. The free tour concept is a very popular one these days. Jax explains what it means. Anyone is free to join, and at the end, you pay what you think the tour was worth. As Jack says, it's a great system, and what it actually means, he explains, is that the guide will always be working really hard to deliver the best possible tour. Average numbers, says Jax, on a free tour are, let's say, 10 to 15 people, but in the busier seasons, summer and early autumn, can go up to 25 or so. But there's also the option of booking the tour privately, in which case you can have a hotel pickup from the city centre or somewhere very close and choose a time that suits you. So that's the town tour then. There's also a beer tour, a mix of some history, some sampling, some touring the beer venues of Munich. There are over 80 beer gardens apparently and plenty of beer halls. And on the website, here's what Jax has to say. We'll start the tour as soon as I meet you in the city with a welcome beer and a little bit of history. After a short walk, we will arrive at the Oktoberfest Museum and try three different samples of beer and eat some pretzel. Then we'll head upstairs into the museum and learn all about the origins of the famous festival. After the museum, we'll visit the Schneiderweiser restaurant, where I will help you choose some local Bavarian food for dinner. And we'll finish the tour with a beer at the world-famous Hofbräuhaus Beer Hall. Now that sounds like a fun evening, does it not? Or perhaps you fancy something a little more active. 
instead, or possibly as well. There's a bike tour. So for that, you'll meet Jacks near the main station, collect your bikes, go on a ride initially through some of the city, and then on a more relaxed ride through one of the biggest parks, where you'll get the chance to stop for a Bavarian lunch in the Chinese Tower Beer Garden, before setting off again along the river and eventually back to the station. During the tour, says Jacks, I will do a few stops and share history about everything, from origins to architecture, kings to castles, culture too, and it's suitable for all ages, anybody who's confident riding a bike. Finally then, there's the Neuschwanstein tour. You may have heard of Neuschwanstein Castle. It's also called the Disney Castle, in a spectacular setting out in the Bavarian Alps. A day trip, quite a long one, meeting at the station at about half past nine and returning about eight o'clock in the evening. Jax will accompany you out to Schwangau, the area where the castle is, show you around the area and the castle itself, tell you lots of stories about Ludwig II, who built this castle here in the 19th century, lived here and unfortunately died in quite mysterious circumstances which are still being talked about today. So lots of stories, lots of history and lots to look at. A day out in glorious scenery which would be a good addition to any Munich itinerary if you want to get out of the city for a day. So those are all the things that were mentioned last week, but there are two more tours which we didn't discuss and which we're going to come to today. The first one's based in the city centre, the Third Reich tour of Munich, focusing really on the 20 years between 1913, when Hitler first arrived in Munich, until 1933, when he left for Berlin, the period during which he went from penniless art student to national leader. And there are many sites in Munich connected with that period, which Jax will take you round and talk you through. So let's listen to how the interview went, and then afterwards I'll tell you about the final tour, the one to Dachau. So here we are then, this is Jax telling me about his World War II or Third Reich tour of Munich. Yeah, we say Second World War or Third Reich, this is really just kind of a blanket term because this is what people associate this area with. And for sure, it's, I would say it's one of the two main reasons why people come to Munich to learn about the Third Reich period. But as you know, the Third Reich period was a time between 1933 and 1945, while Munich is the very beginning of the story. This is all about the 1920s. It's actually a part of history, unfortunately, which is not covered as much in your movies, your documentaries and books. It's a little bit harder to kind of source out a lot of really in-depth information and knowledge about it. But ultimately, I do this tour as a way to teach people Kind of, in my way, it's the, the, I call it the life story of Adolf Hitler. What, what was his journey from starting off living just the other side of the border in Austria? And why did he come to Munich? How did he end up, you know, fighting for Bavaria in World War I? And why did he come back to Munich? And what was the journey that happened in the 1920s in Munich? And we go towards like different places that he visited. And what happened here? What happened here? And we kind of end the tour about 1933 and where we say like well this is the journey this is how and why things happen and that's how he actually came to power because I personally feel like everybody no matter the level of knowledge they have about this topic maybe they learn from school or books most of the knowledge seems to come from the 1930s after Mm -hmm. Hitler was already in power Mm -hmm. or World War II itself because obviously horrific and, and obviously very fascinating things and time that happened during those years during the war as well. But from sort of 1933 or so onwards, he was based in Berlin, wasn't he? Not Munich. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so that's yeah. why we talk about his kind of um, his path to power, I would say. Yes. All the events 
famous events that happen in Munich. So is there a short answer to why did he come to Munich? Um, yeah, the short answer is that he was trying to run away from uh, doing his military service in Austria. <laughs> ah. uh, he was also, um, he was getting by, he spent five years in Vienna, I suppose we could say, uh, just trying to get by as an artist. He was, he was never that famous there. He just earned enough to get by. Um, and then when he received a letter from the military saying, you now have to, have to do your mandatory service, he was like, I don't want to do this. I don't feel Austrian. He felt very German from a young age. And uh, that is when he heard um, that Munich had a great art scene in Schwabing, which it still does today. And that's why he jumped on the train over to Munich in uh, May 1913. Mm-hmm. And what would be one or two of the key places you take people to where significant events happened in that rise from penniless student to I'm going to Berlin to rule things? What, what, what yeah, sure. buildings do you go to? Yeah, sure. Um, so the way I structure my tour is we try, try to make it as chronological as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, two important places we go to. First of all, we go to the former Stenecker Boy, which was kind of an old beer hall, a little restaurant. And actually in the very back hall was the first place that an organization formed in January 1919, just after World War One. They were called the DAP, the Deutsche Arbeiterpartei, German Workers' Party. Uh-huh. And I suppose you know, they would become like a, a national socialist organization. And uh, it was actually the place where, because um, Hitler after the war, World War I, he came back to Munich, still working for the military, no more interest in being a failed artist. He was trained as a spy because a lot of extreme politics, parties on the far left and the far right. After World War I, he went to the, the Stenecker Boy to spy on this organization. And that's how he found out about them. And that's how he eventually ended up joining them within a few months time and it's just fascinating to kind of stand there and say like this happened here and show photographs of the inside because it later on became like a museum people would visit and say oh this is kind of this is where the DAP started and within a year it became the NSDAP the National Socialist German Workers Party Mm. Uh, so that would be one of the stops it's very fascinating and the last actually the last stop is great on the tour because it really is a culmination of walking through the city and everything because so much of Munich was destroyed we show a photograph or many photographs and say this happened here this happened here and you know we rely on people's visualizations to understand but luckily when we get to the last part of the tour which is Königsplatz or the King's Square that's where we can physically see some original architecture from this time so we can see the Führerbau like the leader's office we can see his old office uh, which today is just a music academy. And this is kind of the way Germany dealt with it. Uh, we also have the King's Square, which was constructed in the mid-1800s. And it looks like somewhere just taken out of ancient Greece, three monuments based off of the Parthenon. So it's like this big open square. And yeah, I show you the group, like, look at the scale of this, how big the area is. We have Hitler's office. We have the Ehren Temple, like the temples of honor that used to be here. This used to be a big, massive marching ground. Think of like, you know, thousands of concrete slabs. And this is also the place where they had the book burnings. And, you know, people can actually see it for themselves and see how soulless and grey the area was during this time Mm. uh, in history. So, yeah, it's a great way to end the tour. Those are just two of the stops on my... Is that where the memorial memorial to the book burning is? Exactly, yes. The brand new memorial that was actually installed this year. And it's interesting because it does prove to you that this is not a part of history that Germany has kind of stopped uh, memorialising, which I think mm. is important. Mm. No, that's what strikes me when I come. We always think 
you know, is it all right to keep asking questions about this? But actually, they, they realise it has to be discussed, I think, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, the fact of the matter is you wouldn't just go up to somebody and talk about it here, but it is still a big topic. And many people, even Germans, are still very interested by this topic. So, you know, if somebody invites you conversation, absolutely, you can talk about it. Otherwise, there's just so many different resources that you can use to learn from whether you take a Third Reich tour or you go to the National Socialist Museum in Munich, which is very academic, or you read the thousands of books available on this topic. There's still, you know, new books coming out every single year. There's a ton of memorials in Munich. They are kind of hidden in many respects. So I think that's just the way that it was kind of dealt with here in Munich. It's like, look, you can learn about this everywhere, but a lot of it will just be down alleyways or kind of small memorials. But luckily with some of the newer ones, there's now some information where it used to be just all in German, but now it's in English and German. But it's still always, if you want to learn about this topic, it is always best to go over tour guide because they'll show you everything and it's mm. just a lot easier. But you could, in fact, do it yourself with a book guide as well. Because you have a personal connection, don't you, that comes out on your website. I watched the video. Can you just explain for people who haven't seen the film what, what that little film is about your family history? Yeah, absolutely. So I was always kind of interested in this topic of World War II growing up because my uh, Polish grandfather, who was originally born in Schlesia, which eventually became Poland, in December 1942, when he was just 18 years old, he was naturally forcefully conscripted to fight for the Germans in the war. Uh, luckily, he survived. And then uh, when he was in a DP camp, a displaced persons in France, eventually the Americans sent him to uh, Scotland, which he didn't like. <laughs> so eventually they sent him down to Surrey and he became what was known as kind of resettlement corps, Polish resettlement corps. And then eventually they would let him free. And he met my, my, my lovely um, uh, British Irish grandmother. Uh, yeah. And then he had a big family and then kind of growing up my when I was young, I didn't really care so much. I think when you're too young, you, you don't really understand the gravity and importance of this topic. But as I grew up over the years, I never really asked my granddad about this topic. But whenever he would talk about it, I was kind of sharp and just listen to him. He'd bring out the maps and start to tell me stories. And then a few years ago, I kind of realized that maybe he's coming towards the end of his life. And wouldn't it be amazing if I could at least record his voice or video of him talking about it? So I asked him. I was a bit nervous, but he was like, yeah, OK. He was just completely open about it, which was amazing. He's always been kind of neutral about the topic. And then I just sat and recorded his voice for like an hour and a half and just let him talk and talk and talk. And then it was a bit of a nightmare to edit because it was kind of all over the place. But I managed to condense it down into this 12 minute video. So for me, it was, yeah, I have a family connection. And that is why I think it's still very important to continue talking about it. It is very likely that most people connected to this part of history are probably already dead by now will be dead in the next few years and you know it's nearly been 100 years now since this part of history so yeah it is relevant we can still learn a lot about it so for me it's have that connection I'm very passionate about it and I think it's still important that we all learn about the things that happened back then. Do you have young people on your tours I mean do families come with children and do they can they take in what you're trying to tell them do you think? Yeah I tell you what actually most of my um, customers for the Third Rack Tour are actually families. They are families that really want their children to expand on the knowledge that they have, depending where you're from in the world. It really depends on how much you learn at school. I remember when I was in school and it was literally like maybe a couple of weeks, oh, World War One, World War Two, and then, you know, show is over. There's so much more than that. But this is why 
when I do private tours, I always ask the ages of the family and the children, and then I will adjust the information accordingly. Mm-hmm. And I always make the tours interactive. And I will ask questions to these 10 year olds, you know, and they're more intelligent than you think, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like it just depends the way that you phrase the question and they know, they know things, you know, these days having access to the internet from a young age means that they actually do know a lot, no matter the age of the, the children on my tour, everybody relates. And at the end, the, the families are very thankful that I was able to make the tour relevant for their age as well as well, pretty much for any age as well. Mm. Okay. Wasn't that informative? And just to give you a little extra information from Jax's website, here's how he introduces this tour. Join my Third Reich tour to learn about the early events that ultimately led to the rise of National Socialism, Adolf Hitler and the Third Reich. On May the 25th, 1913, Adolf Hitler arrived in Munich for the first time. From the party's creation in 1920 to the end of World War II, the city was the heart of the Nazi organisation. In 1934, Hitler himself gave Munich the title Die Hauptstadt der Bewegung, which means capital of the movement, the movement of course being National Socialism. Sir Jax goes on to explain that the tour is in two parts, the first hour being a general history of the period covering Nazi ideology and anti-Semitism, propaganda and so on, and then the next two hours focus on the life story of Hitler himself. Jax will take you round places in Munich connected with him, in chronological order, and explain it all. So lots to look at, actual places, plus photographs, pictures, and so on. And at the end, you'll be given a book list for further reading, if you want to go away and do some follow-up. On the website, there are some really good reviews for this tour. People making comments like, Jax is a wonderful, passionate tour guide. We learned loads. Someone else wrote, It was amazing to stand on the spots where history happened. And I noticed that several people had commented about how well he engaged children and young people, making sure they were involved and following along. Okay, that brings us to the other tour I wanted to talk about today, which is the Dachau tour. It lasts for half a day. It involves a trip just outside the city. And as Jax explained to me, although you can organise it through his website, he will find a different tour guide to take you. He is not yet allowed to do that himself, because you have to do a training course first. Obviously, it's a very sensitive subject and they need to be careful that only people who really understand what they're talking about take visitors there. They run the training course every few years. And as Jack said quite disarmingly, last time round, his German wasn't good enough. But next time, he will definitely be doing it. There's an introduction on his website, which reads like this. Dachau was the first concentration camp opened by the Nazis in 1933. It was open the longest, and it also acted as a training school for SS officers. Many of the ruthless and cruel practices used by the Nazis throughout the Third Reich originated in Dachau. The KZ, that's KZ in English, which stands for Konzentrationslager, or concentration camp, was originally created for political dissidents. Eventually, opponents of the regime, including priests, communists, homosexuals, Roma people, and other free thinkers were imprisoned at Dachau. For many in the Nazi administration, Dachau was the most important in the system. Future camps based their standards on what was known as the Dachau model. Jax makes clear that he's careful to choose an experienced licensed guide who will meet you at the main station. There's a 20-minute train journey to get there and you'll spend about three hours at the camp itself. You will, quote, 
learn a lot, be able to ask questions and have someone to share your thoughts with after the tour. I thought I might just add too a little bit more information on the film which Jack's recorded with his granddad, which you can watch on his website. So if you go on to the website, choose the Third Reich tour page, scroll down, you will find a YouTube video entitled My Polish Grandfather's World War II Memories. Do watch it if you get a moment. It's 12 minutes long and it really puts the whole of World War II into context. Not endless facts and figures or textbook style stuff, but an interview with 95-year-old Mr. Sleesh, that's Jax's granddad, which consists mainly just of him talking about his birth in Poland in 1924, about the day on the 1st of September 1939, when he was working in the fields near his house and heard German planes flying overhead. That was the German invasion of Poland. He talks about hiding in a neighbour's cellar for two days, a fear of being shot, about being forcibly conscripted then into the German army at the age of 18, how he was trained to shoot machine guns and then deployed to France, how eventually he became a POW, prisoner of war, taken, can you believe it, on his 21st birthday, a day, incidentally, which he described as the happiest day in my life, because for him that was the day the fighting stopped, although he goes on to talk about the conditions in the prisoner of war camps, the hunger and the squalor, and how eventually he ended up in a Polish resettlement corps in England, met his wife, married and had a big family. It's such a good reminder of what World War II actually meant to the millions of people who lived through it. And I can't think of a better preparation for a a trip to Munich than watching it. And just to finish off, let me remind you about three of the episodes in the City Breaks Munich series, which are also all about this period in time. There's episode seven, entitled Munich and the Rise of Hitler, covering some of the places in Munich that played a big part in Hitler's rise to power, descriptions of some of his speeches, and of the putsch he staged in 1923, and how he was imprisoned afterwards in the nearby Landsberg prison, where he wrote Mein Kampf. And then there's episode 8, Munich and World War II, which gives you a little detail about what happened to the city during the war, how badly bombed it was, to the extent that afterwards half the city lay in ruins and 300,000 people were homeless, and the massive clearing up and rebuilding programme that started post-1945. This episode also covers a number of places you can visit in the city if you want to learn more. It tells you all about the Stadtmuseum, for example, the City Museum, all about National Socialism in Munich, full of photos and films and realia. Then there's Königsplatz, which Jacques talked about, where you can visit the Dokumentationszentrum, and you can see the memorial he talked about, the new memorial, which was put up in May 2021, exactly in the spot where the Nazis burned books. A huge spiral of words set into the pavement, the titles, in fact, of books by 310 different authors, all of whom were banned by the Nazis for being, quote, un-German. And then there's mention, too, on that episode of other places it's interesting to visit, the Drückebergasse, where a bronze trail in the road marks the fact that people used to sneak down that road as a way of avoiding the Nazi soldiers to whom they would otherwise have had to salute, a little way of showing their rebellion. And then there's mention too of the Jewish Museum and the new Jewish synagogue on Jakobsplatz. And finally then, episode 9 is called Standing Up to Hitler, a collection of stories about some of the Munich residents who should be remembered for their efforts to talk whatever the cost, against the Nazi regime. 
So you'll hear about the journalist Fritz Gerlich and the Jesuit priest Alfred Delp, both of whom were executed for voicing opposition to the Nazis. And then most of the episode focuses on Hans and Sophie Scholl, two Munich students, and the resistance group that they founded, the White Rose Group, Weiße Rosa in German. A chance to find out about them and their ideas, the leaflets that they distributed, their call for Passiva Widerstand, Passive Resistance, the show trial which was staged in Munich, for which they were found guilty, sentenced to death and executed, all within a matter of days, no appeal. So between them, those three episodes provide a picture of that most turbulent period of Munich's history before, during and after the war. Though, of course, there are only three out of 14 and all the other episodes deal with Munich from different angles. I hope that if you've been inspired by what you've heard today, you might take a moment to go and have a listen. But really, today we must finish by thanking Jax again for so cheerfully giving up all that time to tell us about the heart of Munich and give us so many insights into the city. Vielen Dank, Jax. Next week there'll be a different guest, Stephanie Schnellhammer, who runs the Cakes Lieber shop and workshop in Munich. We started out by talking about the various bakery angles to the city, cakes, cookies, etc. But we went on to talk about Bavarian food much more generally. So that will be a very different episode. I do hope you'll be able to join me for that too. But for now, it just remains for me to sign out in German, thanking you very much for listening and saying goodbye. Or at least goodbye until next week. Also, vielen Dank fürs Zuhören und tschüss bis nächste Woche. <laughs>